Before we get started, I just want to just pray and thank the Lord just for a breakthrough in that area. It's a specific request that we had, and God answered, and so we want to make sure we thank the Lord when he does that. So let's, let's pray together this morning. God, you are the host of heaven's armies. I was reminded just now as the team was singing, praising you, that you are the, you are the God of the armies of heaven. Oh God, we sometimes forget how big and great you are. Oh, Lord, forgive us for small minds and small hearts sometimes. But thank you for being so big and so great. Thank you for touching Tim. Thank you, Father, for letting your angels surround and protect him. I thank you for the doctors. I thank you for the nurses who have extended care to him and to our family during this time. And I pray, Father, that he would come back stronger than ever. We love you, Lord, and we just want to make sure we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for hearing our prayers, for taking care of our pastor. Please continue to heal him as he goes through the, the rehabilitation and does what he needs to do to be back with us, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And God's people said... Amen, amen. Well, we're talking about breakthrough. When God breaks through on our behalf uh, in a way that if he doesn't, we just aren't going to make it. We're just not going to make it. And I remember studying for this series of messages that I'm sharing with you now. And after I preached last week's message on breakthrough, what is a breakthrough? I remember when I was studying, I was ready to move on. And I said, okay, Lord, I preached on that passage. Now what passage do you want this week? And God said, no, no, I'm not done with you yet in this passage. And he said, I haven't shown you everything I want to show you yet. Do you ever have that experience where God's Spirit will not let you leave a certain portion of Scripture, and you think you're ready to move on, and God says, I haven't showed you everything yet. And so you need to learn some patience. You need to come back to the text, back to the verse, back to the scriptures. And so I want to talk this morning about a pattern of a breakthrough, the pattern of a breakthrough. Now, I hope this morning, by the end of this message, that you will be able to figure out which phase of a breakthrough you are in. There are four of them. There are four phases in a biblical breakthrough, and I want to show you these this morning out of the text that I've observed in my life, I've experienced them myself. I think as I talk this morning, you're going to see probably that you've experienced them. And it's interesting, whatever that situation is you're in right now, I'm curious if you can identify which phase you're currently in. Are you ready for that? Okay, let's go. Let's, let, let's do this. The first phase in a breakthrough is I go through a crisis. This is the first phase. I go through a crisis. It's the first phase on the road to reaching the next level in your life. Now, I want you to notice with me in verse, verses 8 and 9, we're back in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. Because why? 
God hasn't showed us everything yet. There's more to see. There's more to learn. The scriptures are an inexhaustible reservoir all your life. You will get way more exhausted studying the Bible than, 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 than exhausting the scripture. You can't exhaust the scriptures. There's always something there. Verse 8. Now the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. And then in verse 9, then the Philistines went out and made a raid on the valley of Rephim. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about David was anointed king over Israel. He got a promotion. David's crisis comes immediately, immediately. Often, spiritual highs are followed by spiritual lows. I don't know if you know this principle or not. But in the Christian life, mountains are often followed by valleys. It's just the way it is. And so when David was promoted to king, immediately he hit a crisis. Immediately. Now, his crisis had a name, and that was the Philistines. Okay, the Philistines are named 286 times in the Old Testament. Their land is named eight times. What am I saying? God gives the Philistines a lot of airtime in the Old Testament. Why? Because they represent the kingdom of evil. And when you see them in the Old Testament, they're always going against God's people and God's leaders. They're always opposing something God wants done. And it's no different here. Here we see them opposing God's leader, David. David is anointed king. And what does the scripture say? All of the Philistines went out to search for David, not to congratulate him, remember, but to eliminate him. This was an assassination attempt. They wanted to find David, kill him, string him up so that all the world could see how great the Philistines were. That's what they wanted to do. Just like a gigantic chess match, David gets promoted and anointed, and then the Philistines make their move, and then David makes his move, and then they make this defiant move right into the Valley of Rephim, which is the direct route to Jerusalem. And David is stunned, he's scared, and he is smack dab in the middle of a crisis. Experiencing a crisis is the first phase of a breakthrough in our life. Now, I made a list of just a few about six different crises that people go through. See if you recognize these. These are the ones that people often face. Uh, the loss of a valued relationship, such as breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend, or, or, or if you're married, divorce. Uh, sometimes it's the dissolving of a business partnership. Uh, how many of you have ever experienced the breakdown or break up of a valued relationship. Wow, the rest of you are just awesome. Amazing. I've had my share. Probably you have too. Uh, failing a class in school or failing an entire grade. Um, losing one's job. Bankruptcy. Declining health of, of you or someone you care about. Uh, health issues often send us into crisis mode. The death of someone close to you. 
These are just different kinds of crises that we go through, that we experience in life. Now, question, why does God allow us to go through a crisis in order to break through to the next level? Why does he do this? I believe the reason is because day-to-day life, daily life in the, on the average tone is, is not, it's not enough to break us out of our status quo. We have our routines and we have our habits and we go through them each day. And on the daily average tone, that's not enough to break us out of our status quo, our status quo ruts, our status quo mindsets. So God allows us to feel the heat. You feel the heat. The crisis takes you off autopilot and makes you sort of takes you off script. I like what one author says. He says, they, crises, are voluntary and involuntary. These proving moments come to us ready or not. Sometimes we make decisions that invite them. We stick a cigarette in our mouth, we get cancer. That's for example. And other times we are surprised by them. Someone we love suddenly dies. It's out of your control. You didn't want it and you didn't ask for it. It is the difference between starving and fasting. One is voluntary and the other is involuntary. These are the kinds of crisis we go through. There's self-inflicted crisis and then there are crisis that comes in our life and out of our control. Most difficult crisis, one of the most that I ever went through happened on, started on March 31st, 2003. We, we were having our first child, Ethan, and Nicole, once it was time for her to go to the hospital, we went into the hospital, and upon arrival, we were told she wasn't dilated enough, but that they were going to have to admit her because there was an irregularity in the heartbeat. And I recall my palms start sweating and my, my heartbeat just, you know, starts up. And from around 12 midnight to 4 a.m., about four hours, I remember them telling us, you know, something has, has happened. Your baby is struggling and, and the umbilical cord seems to be wrapped possibly around his neck and his little heart is fighting harder than it can really sustain. And I remember the... the watching and listening to the monitor, and his heartbeat would go way up to like 140, like beep, 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 and it would drop. And every time that monitor would drop, my heart sank, every time. And I didn't know. I said, Lord, what's going on? What are you going to do? Are you, are you taking, I mean, I was in crisis mode, crisis mode. I didn't ask for that crisis. I didn't want that crisis. But I was in crisis mode. Now, I'm going to come back to my story in a minute. I want to go back to David's story. The first phase is I go through a crisis. The second phase in a breakthrough is I go to God. First, I go through a crisis. Then I go to God. Now, as we're talking, can you see or identify maybe yourself in one of these two phases already? Maybe you're going through a situation right now. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. Or maybe you did. Maybe you didn't want it, but you, you know it's your fault. And you're going through this situation, this crisis. Can you identify 
where you are? Notice verse 10 with me. And David took a smoke break. No, he didn't do that, did he, when he got in crisis? And David turned to alcohol. <laughs> no, he didn't do that either. Uh, it's interesting. David was no saint by any means. He didn't have a halo. He had a crown, but not a halo. David inquired of God. And this is one of the moments when David got it right. There were other moments when he got it wrong, by the way. But this time he got it right. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said, The Lord said, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. You know, the way that you and I respond when we are in a crisis is very important to God. I talked with our staff about two and a half weeks ago, and we were talking about our crisis here at Crossroads. Um, that would have been a good headline, wouldn't it? Crosses, crisis at Crossroads. That would have been a cool headline, I think. Um, we were just talking about you know, the things that we're going through in this season as a church. It's out of our control. You know, we were talking about there are situations in your life that you go through that are indirectly, you know, that are directly in your control, and then there are some things that you go through that are not in your control at all. Then there are other things that are, you have some indirect control over. So we were just talking about those things as a staff, and we were talking about things we were going through. And I said, you know, in this time, God wants to see how we are going to respond. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can respond when you go through a crisis. Sometimes people just get mad. They get angry at God or somebody around them. David allowed his crisis to push him closer to God rather than farther away from God. Now, I, I tell people in life, and as a pastor, I talk to people sometimes and I say, look, it's this simple. When you go through a bad time, you either choose your faith or you lose your faith. And it's that simple. And it's often not about reasons or, 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 or logic or anything like that. It's very emotional. People will say they're going through a hard time. Well, why did God allow this? And I'll tell them, I'll say, you've got a choice. You can choose Jesus or you can lose Jesus. You can choose your faith or you can lose your faith. I know people that have walked away from their faith. I have friends that have walked away from their faith. And the simple fact is that's their choice. Well, David made a very important decision when he went through this crisis. He said, I'm not going to allow this to push me out of God's will for my life. Remember, we talked, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to push you out of God's will for your life. He wants to push you away from God. And yet David said, I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go to God. Dr. Maxwell, John Maxwell says this, these experiences, these crisis experiences, are like tea in hot water. They bring out the true colors inside. A crisis simply reveals what is on the inside of us. And so what happens is you put us in some hot water and all of a sudden you see our true colors. You see what really is inside. This crisis motivated David to call for divine assistance. He called on God. 
By the way, let me ask you this. Have you called on God yet in your crisis? Have you taken the time to call on God, to ask for his help, to pray, to really believe that he will answer you? I can tell you that as I was watching Nicole lying there flat on her back, trying to give birth to our son Ethan, I prayed. I mean, what else could I do, right? I could have been very angry at God. And I had a lot of different emotions. Around 4 a.m., they came to us and they said, look, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section. If we don't do this, your baby's not going to make it. And, and, you know, when, when you hear things like that, your immediate reaction is frustration and anxiety and anger because you think, how did we get here? I didn't ask for this. God, why can't this be smooth? You ever ask God for a situation? You say, God, why can't this be smooth? Why does this have to be difficult? So I prayed. I prayed. The doctors were doing their best, and I was praying. Phase three in going through a crisis. The first phase, I go through a crisis. The second phase, I go to God. The third phase, I go by faith. I go by faith. God answered David in verse 10, go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. God answers David. God speaks into David's life loud and clear. There's no question it's God speaking. God has promised David victory. Now, at this point, David has a choice. It's a crisis of faith. Will I believe God or won't I? I like the way uh, Dr. Henry Blackaby talks about it. He's, he wrote that book, Experiencing God, that a lot of Christians went through that Bible study many, many years ago. And Dr. Henry Blackaby says, David was a faithful servant of the Lord's. David refused to rely on human wisdom for guidance. He asked for God's direction. Was this a crisis of belief since God said he would give David victory over the Philistines? Yes. David still had to decide what he believed about God. He had to trust God to do what he said he would do. What did David do? How did he respond to God? Look at verse 10. The Lord said to him, go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. And notice in verse 11, so they went up. God said, go up, so they went up. God said, do this, so they did that. Sometimes we make it a lot harder, folks, than it really is. Uh, it's about obedience, pure and simple. It's just about obedience. He said, so they went up to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there. David was going by faith. By faith at this point. He was faith on the promise God had given him. And I remember my situation. I was going by faith too. I remember, like David, I needed to go by faith, trusting God that he would, well, that he would save my son Ethan. I didn't know if he would or not, but I prayed that he would. So my prayer went something like this. As I was sitting there praying, I said, God, this little baby is yours. I give him to you. I take him out of my heart. I give him to you. And I ask you to please spare his life. 
I trust you, Lord. That was about how my prayer went. Did you know that some things in life you can't talk your way out of? Some things in life you can't work your way out of? Some things in life you can't buy your way out of? Some things in life you can only trust your way through. Some of you are going through a crisis today, and you're trying those other options. You're trying to talk your way out of it. You're trying to talk your way out of it. You're trying to buy your way out of it. You're trying to figure out everything you can do to squirm your way out of it. And God is saying, you're looking for a way out, and I'm trying to show you the way through. You'll end up okay on the other side if you go through it the way God wants you to go through it. But you have to trust him. You have to go by faith. You're going through a crisis, you go to God, and then you go by faith. The Bible is very clear, the just shall live by faith. By the way, it doesn't say the just shall live by their feelings, right? Because many days that you are in a crisis, I, you don't naturally wake up in a crisis and go, you know, this is a great day, Lord, thank you for this crisis. You just don't do that. That's weird Christianity. You know, you, God didn't call us to be weird. He did call us to be different, but not weird. You know, you don't, God doesn't expect you to thank him for things that aren't really good. The Bible says give thanks in all things, not for all things. God's not saying you need to thank people for bad situations. He's saying in that situation, how you respond in your attitude, in your decisions, and in your behavior, that's what I want to see. That's, what I, that's how I want you to grow. That's how I want you to go up in your life. The last phase if you go through the three phases and you do go on faith, the last phase is I go up. I break into a new realm of faith in my life. God breaks through at my breaking point, and then we break barriers. That's what happens. That's just how it works. Some people, I like how one pastor calls, he says this is the spin cycle of success. You know, your washing machine has a spin cycle. He calls this the spin cycle because it's change. Comes into our life, then conflict, then growth. And then growth is success. You can't have success without growth, and you can't have growth without change. And change, when it comes into your life, always brings conflict. It always brings crisis. You have a crisis of faith. You have, it pushes up against your belief in God. And it pushes you up against a wall. And you have to decide, choose my faith or lose my faith. Which will I choose? It happens to all of us at one time or other. David went through these three phases. He gets to the last phase in verse 11. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. That's the fourth phase. I go up. I get to the next level of faith in my life. 
David experienced his much-needed breakthrough. You know, it's interesting. After I prayed in the hospital and they took Nicole in for the C-section, and as those doctors delivered Ethan, I have to tell you, God was delivering me in that operating room because he came out of the womb and he wasn't breathing. There was nothing, no sound, no nothing. He was blue. They grabbed him, immediately rushing him over to the table, and they start working on his respiratory system, almost like giving him CPR. And I've got Nicole over here saying, is he going to be okay? And I'm saying, yeah, I think so. And then I'm looking over here about to faint, wondering, is he going to be okay? That's called going on faith. I don't have much of a choice at that point. But I remember God finally allowing us to hear that little cry, and that was the best noise, best sound I'd ever heard, because I knew it meant he was breathing. And God brought him through it and spared him, and we brought him home, and he did well. Sometime went by, and it sometime passed, and I'm not really sure how it happened, but Nicole got pregnant with our second child. I'm a slow learner. Not sure how that works. Nine months went by, and it was time to go to the hospital. This time, we had scheduled the C-section because we knew uh, we'd been through that experience. And we went into the hospital and had Nicole checked. And the nurse once again noticed an irregularity in the heartbeat with our second child. And I, I felt like our nightmare was like starting to happen all over again. Now, time out. Just a second, time out from the story. Verse 13, notice this. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Like, wait a second, I thought that David just defeated the Philistines. I thought God had broken through on his behalf. Well, he had. But just like every other nuisance problem or situation in our life, it raises its ugly head once again. Ever had to fight the same problem over and over and over again in your life? Hey, do you know anybody that has more than one DUI? I do. <laughs> know anybody that's got more than one speeding ticket? I do. Know somebody <laughs> who has had that happen to them. Sometimes we face the same crisis over and over and over, and we get so weary. We say, God, not the Philistines again. God, not debt again. Not breaking up again, whatever it is. Second time, David was a veteran. He knows what to do. Verse 14, therefore David inquired of God. He's learning this process. So which one are you in? Phase one is I go through a crisis. You may be right at the beginning of your crisis. Phase two is I go to God. You just go to God. You say, God, I need your help. How do I solve this? Lord, help me. Phase three is I go by faith. Phase four is I go up. I get breakthrough and I go up to another level. Now, remember this. Every new level, you face a new devil. 
Every new level, you face a new devil. That's why we go again back around to the Philistines because when you defeat a situation in your life at this level, you're going to have to defeat it at this level the next time. And then you're going to have to defeat it at this level the next time. When God saves us, he doesn't save us from the fight. He saves us what? For the fight. God never saved you expecting that you will be sitting on the sidelines and not have to fight the devil. You will have to fight the enemy. But that's okay. God has given us the process and the phase. that He's shown us how to do this. It's just the way God works. I go through a crisis. I go to God. I go by faith. I go up. I go through a crisis. I go to God. I go by faith. I go up. Rawhide. That's how it happens. That's how, we, that's how we get victory. So I'm standing in the hospital looking at the heart monitor that's checking Wesley's heartbeat and thinking to myself, I've been here before. I was just here, God. I, I've been here before. I know what to do. I'm going to go to God. And that's the experience that you begin to learn as you go through different things in life. And I fully expect that in just a few weeks or months, I'm going to be going through another crisis. Uh, Dr. Falwell used to say, life is just one big crisis. He said, you're either right now in your life going into your next crisis or coming out of your current one. That's what he says. That's just life. One, one big problem. And so you're either going into your next big problem or you're coming out of your, your problem now. And I fully expect in the next days, weeks, and months that I'm going to have to go through these four phases again. This is just how God works in our life. What are you going through today? What's your crisis? And it, it can be a lot of different things. Can you see where you are in this process? I want to encourage you to go to God. I, I just love it when God does something like he's doing right now with Pastor Tim. I love it when God's people come together and pray the way we have. And God says, yes, I'm going to give you what you want. Isn't that a great feeling? God is so good. You know, in the breakthrough that he's giving us right now as a church, he, he's wanted us to go through this season. God's plans and his purposes always prevail. I don't always understand it. I know you don't either. But, but we know that we can go to God and we know his character and we can trust him. And that's what I'm asking you to do this morning, to try to see which of these phases you might be in right now and begin to go to the next one, begin to, to experience the next phase so that you can grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. I go through a crisis. I go to God. I go by faith. I go up. Let's pray together.